All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the two ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? It's going well here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are recording on... Oh, Valentine's Day. I didn't even realize that. Uh, Jake, will you be my Valentine? No, man. I uh, I don't celebrate holidays. I'm like a, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a Jehovah's Witness that doesn't believe in God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the you you carry the non celebrating of any holiday, just not the uh, worship of a higher power. Is that I'm what it they is? call a cultural witness? Yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a, a cultural witness. I, I don't believe in any of the holidays. They annoy me. They piss me off. Uh, but I, I I don't believe in God either. I, I kind of want to have my cake and not have to go do anything for holidays. Fair enough. Let's jump in right there. Uh, so much to talk about this week. As always, uh, we, we compile news stories that uh, people may have missed, or even big news stories, and we uh, put our unique spin on them. That's Jake Vevra, comedian in New York. Um, I'm Nathan Timmel, uh, comedian. I live, I'm in Iowa. Anyway, uh, let's talk about higher power right off the bat. Pope Francis admits the Catholic priests used nuns as sex slaves. Big, big scandal going on in the Vatican. Uh, worldwide, this was happening. I mean, I, I listened to an entire podcast on it after it hit the web, and it's everywhere, and it's pervasive. And the easy, easy, easy joke, and this is a horrible thing to say, so I'm just going to get it out of the way up front, at least they're finally fucking adults. Okay, there, I said it. Uh, it's, it's a horrible thing to say. But Jesus goddamn Christ, what is it with the church and their fucking holier-than-thou attitude? Well, all they do is rape people. They rape women. They rape kids. It's fucking absurd. And then they say, ah, but don't be gay. Gay is bad. Bible says gay is bad. Oh, by the way, I'm going to fuck this little boy. Don't be gay. Gays can't get married. The church is against gay marriage. Hey, a nun, why don't you come over here and blow me? You should... Uh, you should uh, you should uh, take care of my cock for me. Are we? Is anybody surprised by this at all? Well, they, that's that's kind of. I, I think that's one of two reasons that this doesn't get as as many headlines as it would with basically any other group. I think the obvious reason is a no one's surprised, but I, I also think um, they they don't really get a lot of negative press for for long by the mainstream media because they don't really line up the, the Catholic church as an institution doesn't really line up with either political party in this country. And everything in, in the big national news is it's, it's polarized between like red and blue, you know, uh, whereas the Catholic church isn't really red or blue. They're super right wing on like, like abortion, basically anything sexual, you know? Uh, but, they're super, super left-wing on anything economically or anything well, Im immigration-wise. let me interrupt you. That's today. I mean, you have to remember that Pope Frank, who I still like, he deals with these, these, these the kid-fucking and now the nun-fucking straightforward. I mean, he goes after it. He apologizes and says, we're going after this. Right. And I agree with you that uh, they still take— well, he, he's not taking as hard a stance. He still, he's, he's one of these people that I don't really like the way they do it. They hedge their bets. They say, we believe in love for gay people. We believe gay is wrong, but we believe in love. Now, that's well, no, new. They're, they're not super anti-gay like a lot of people right. think, man. Well, not, I'm just saying that, that Pope Nazi, you say that they're, not, they're apolitical. They lean. 
Pope Nazi, up until Pope Frank, the Catholic Church was pretty right-wing. I mean, even, even though uh, JFK was a Democrat and he was the first Catholic president— I mean, with with Pope Polak, uh, on I can't think of his stuff, name. Not, John. not on immigration stuff, not on uh, not on economic stuff, man. I mean, it's it, that's just the way you're going to have that with a with an organization as big and as global as the Catholic Church compared to like Baptists or something. I mean, yeah, they're they're supposed to be all worshiping some ancient hippie or something. You know what I mean? But but they're they're all kind of have they're they're also just sort of modern day institutions right and so if you have modern day institutions like let's say uh the protestant churches or or baptist churches where they, they they tend to be kind of localized you know it's it's not the same as a giant organization with one center and then it, it branches out to the whole world man i mean a, an organization like that is naturally going to be a little bit more open to immigration to people coming you know from different places because they they have people all over the place, man. Look at look at the people coming from South America. Most of them are Catholic, so it's it's gonna be hard for you know Catholics to be like, uh, uh, oh, they're sending us murderers and rapists and the Pope, who is the voice of our God. Uh, but MSM thirteen and you know terrorism and and, and 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 the one true voice of Jesus, the Vicar of Christ. You know what I mean? It's it's a little bit different for them than it is. Uh, um, you know, let's say Baptists, let's say evangelicals, you know, because they, they have that uh, just sort of global connection. And the head of the church is a Latino Catholic. Let's not forget that. So it's, it's going to be a little bit, a lot more left-leaning on, on things like immigration. Well, it's funny. Uh, they absolutely couldn't say they're sending their drug dealers and rapists because that that's the rapists are already here. They're in the church. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of because, as the star, all they do is rape. I mean, I obviously I'm 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 painting it with broad strokes because uh, well, they you know, eat wine and crackers too. That's not, not all, all do. priests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hashtag not all priests. You're right. There's they scented candles involved. But have you done any uh, background on this, or did you just like, oh, yep, priests are fucking uh, people again? Because when the podcast I listened to is interesting. Um, it's it's obviously not come forward, but I bet it will in America. I bet you go back to the 40s, 50s, 30s, 20s, you know, I yeah. bet you are going to find, if they do their uh, due diligence and research, they will find nuns fucked in America. Right now, it's taking place mostly in third world countries. In Africa, the priests actively said, and this is just wildly fucked up, they said, hey— nuns, you have to provide for us sexually because we can't go into the village and fuck village ladies because they all have AIDS. The only way we can't get AIDS is if we fuck you. It's, it, it's, it's mind-boggling because they, they didn't We say, don't support using condoms, that's a sin. However, fucking the nuns against their will, we're down with it. Right, or fucking vid, village women against their will. And the, the reason I say it's going to come up in America is because the church was founded in Europe, and there... Um, I forget what country they said, but it really divided the community. Like, this, this nun came forward and said, I've been abused, I've been raped. And half the nuns said, well, you know, you're a nun, that's your spot. You should serve the, the bishop who was needed as dickwit. And she you know, had a little bit too much of her hair showing underneath her bonnet. <laughs> exactly. And the, but then, fortunately, half the nuns said, hey, this is bullshit. The bishop is an—it's very— 
It makes me think of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, have you watched that? I know we've talked about it, but I can't remember. No, I've been meaning to get caught up on that. I'm the one that told you only watch season one because season one is the book, and then they went off the, the rails. There's a character in it. Um, it's it's described, The Handmaid's Tale is described as Isis of Christianity. What happens if Christianity becomes like Isis? And there are characters who are female leaders who subjugate other women because they believe that their interpretation of the Bible, that women should lay uh, for men, it's insane. But so I believe it when they say that, yeah, some of these nuns said, uh, hey, you were raped by the bishop, but it's okay, thumbs up, he's a bishop. It's horrible, but I get it, because there are people out there that believe in their imaginary fairy being and their book of fairy tales, and they interpret it in a completely harmful way. It's it's fucked up and scary, but that's... Well, I don't think it's it's necessarily just, like, the religious aspect of that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's really... If you're if you're high up in any organization, you've been working with somebody. Look at uh, look at the cast members of the Cosby Show, man. I mean, they 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 would, didn't believe it until how many dozens of women came out because they they knew the guy for years, you know, and and so they were close to him. And and there, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that going on, you know. The, the this is some guy that they've looked up to and respected and trusted for a long time. So how could he do it, you know? I mean, there, there's well, more going wait, on let me than interrupt just all. Oh, well, they're superstitious and they, they believe in fairy tale nonsense. That happens in secular world too, man. I mean, it's just people abusing power and people underneath them trusting them and believing them and not wanting to believe the evidence that's laid out in front of them. I hear all that. Um, I'm saying as far as the, the Cosby analogy doesn't fit entirely because some of these nuns said, yes, it is your place to to be subjugated by the bishop because he is the bishop. It's not a matter of, I don't believe what you're saying. The bishop would never do that, as in the Cosby analogy. It's a matter of, okay, so the bishop raped you, but oh, so this, this, he's the bishop. So. Spots in Africa, they were like, well, they— Well, this was actually Europe. I mean, it, it's worldwide. They talk—the the podcast I listened to broke it down in Asia and Africa, and it's fucked up. Because if you remember when we were talking about kid fucking a while back, when that broke, uh, even though everyone had known for years, they I don't know, said, "Man, I would I would check to see where that podcast is getting their fucking info." Because it was the New York Times, the Daily. Well, their whole thing is they're supposed Times. to be yeah, but they're supposed to be celibate, man. So they gotta they gotta at least lie about that on the surface. I don't think the nuns would be like, "Oh yeah, it's you, you just gotta sleep with the priest, and that's what you have to do." I mean, no, I'm I, saying I, after that sounds it like broke. bullshit. After, no, after it broke, she came forward and said, that's what I was saying, it divided the nun community. Um, I'm sure there were some that said this didn't happen, but there were others that said, hey, okay, he raped you, shut up about it, you're a nun, this is the bishop, all to the order. That's why I brought up the Handmaid's Tale analogy, because it's fucked up and scary, but I believe that there are people that are that brainwashed that, like you said, will say this person in power is in power. You bow to them. Well, and, and I think their their whole thing with keeping that shit a secret is they look at it more like, oh, it's bad, but if you rat this guy out, it's bad for the church as a whole, and you know yes. we're gonna we're gonna lose a lot of the a lot of the money, a lot of the power the church has, and yes. if that happens, we're not gonna be able to do as much good in the world. And so this is it really is for the greater good. It's 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 it's, it's taking one for the team. It's 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 kind of uh, putting makeup over a blemish. That 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 kind of thing. That makes sense. But this this whole. Hey, it's your job to fuck the bishop. I, I just I know that's not true. From Again, what my, I'm not I, saying I that's the what they nuns, say up front. I, I'm saying that was justification saying, at the end. 
that was the shut up about it, you know? Yeah, I I would check the source on that. That sounds like absolute bullshit. I, I don't think they're actually coming forward and saying that. That seems like they're saying it behind the scenes. They're not coming forward and saying it. That's what they are saying to her as she attempts to come forward. They're saying, don't speak yeah. publicly about it. Shut up and just take it. That's what's being said. Well, right, right. And that's that's the whole, oh, we don't we don't want to lose money. We don't want to lose power. And, and But yeah, the, the, the part where you were saying, uh, oh, that's that's the job is it. I, I, I. I would seriously doubt there's any of them making that argument. Any, uh, I mean, it, would, they, it would be more of, yeah, they I'm did sure the, the New York Times said all kinds of shit. Well, yeah, I, I, I find it hard to believe, man, with, 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 what, um, with what I know about their rhetoric and their little rules just from fucking filling in on the Catholic Channel at work. That's, uh, they, they all take the celibacy shit pretty fucking strong in the church, man, to the, to the point to where it's mentally ill. <laughs> Except <laughs> for the when point... they're fucking little boys and, and right. nuns. No, but sure, I'm saying their, their rhetoric, I'm saying their rhetoric on the fucking surface. So this whole thing of, oh, you're supposed to be subservient to the bishop and, and fuck the bishop and not say anything. There's, there's none of them saying that. That's the New York Times being full of shit, dude. Like they're, they're Doubt saying it. that because, oh, we don't want you to tear down the church as a whole that's that's where they're going to be coming from there's not a single one out there but that believes it's their job to have that it's the job of one celibate person to have sex with another celibate there's nobody saying that i guarantee it mm, disagree that's uh they did the reporting and as i said they actively interviewed these nuns and some would say hey shut up about it just deal with it. He's the bishop. He's like the next closest thing to God. If he wants to fuck, just fuck him. Again, that's not their public stance. They don't come out and say, yeah, I sure, told this nun sure. to shut up about it. But behind closed, I mean, this is coming from the nun who said, I was told this. You know, I was told right, to shut up and right. deal. But I, I got sidetracked. Um, it's because when I was saying that the, the kid fucking came up here in America and I can't remember where I read it, but they said, you know, this is just going to keep coming up again and again, and it's going to keep happening. Because once America is aware of what's going on, they're going to be in Africa and, so, and you know, third world countries and any, you know, any impoverished people that can be subjugated will be. And that's where we're seeing it with the nuns in, you know, as I said, Africa and Asia where the place is talked about. And it'll be curious as to, to find out how long this happened in America before it went away, if it has gone away. But I, I, I guarantee that this was not localized in other places of the world. I guarantee there will come a day when they say, yeah, none fucking took place in America, too. Well, I'm sure there's some level of it, man. I mean, I, what is it, like a almost a quarter of the country's Catholic, something like that? I mean, it's just law of big numbers. There's going to be a ton of it. Um, I'd be curious to see how much of it has gone on since... Uh, 2002, since that um, yeah, the spotlight thing story. in Boston. Yeah, yeah, because to their credit, as much as I like to fucking rag on the church, and I think they're an evil, diabolical organization, um, there's been a lot less of that since 2002. Like, th those thousand kids in Pennsylvania, most of that was before 2002. Not all of it. They're still fucking shady. They should still turn over a, a list of the priests that did fuck kids. I Just crossing it out to not get them in trouble. Like, uh, fuck you. Get us another list right now. Or I send a SWAT team into your into your diocese, and I, I will fucking waterboard everyone and make my own list. Like that that would be my answer. But um, I yeah, hope, hopefully they're getting a handle on that. I think it would improve a lot if if they did away with that whole 
you have to be celibate to be a priest or a nun or whatever Absolutely. the fuck. That's insane, man. All the other branches of Christianity that I know of, all the major ones anyhow, have, have at least in America, have, have done away with that shit. And, you know, they were like, we're getting rid of the goofy chanting, the goofy hats, and the goofy celibacy thing. That was the first three fucking things they did when they're like, we're making our own branch of Christianity. Let's get rid of this shit. And that, that whole thing of them being celibate, that was not always a part of the church. That started around the year 1000 or something as a way to keep priests from passing all of the land that they accumulated down to their heirs instead of it going back to the church. You know, they'd find That's ways That's interesting. I never yeah. knew that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, well, because, you know, the, the church had a lot more power back in the day and, and, and it, a lot more wealth, a lot more land. That's why all those, like, really old-timey churches look like um, oil sheiks' houses and stuff and— you know, they have giant gold and ruby cross medallions looking like rappers and shit. Like, yeah, it's from back in the day. They had so much money, so much control. And, you know, just like anything else, you know, that people in power in, in, in a big hierarchical organization find ways to make it benefit themselves. We see that with our politicians now. You know, the, the, the president spends, what, like hundreds of millions of dollars on a job, trying to get a job that pays 500 grand a year. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's some ass fuckery going on on the side, and they're they're making their money, you know? And, and that's basically what was going on with the priests back in the day, is they would find ways to, well, you know, I'm going to put my, 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 my kid in charge of this, and my, my, my family members in charge of that, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pass this land that I accumulate on my own, you know? I, I just sort of did this on the side with my own quote-unquote investments, you know, from my pay from the church or whatever stuff that people gifted to me personally and not the church you know they find little ways and, and, and they would accumulate all this land all this wealth and it would get passed down through powerful families in the church you know to their heirs and it wouldn't really go to the church and then it came time for like hey we need to fight fucking you know fund this war this crusade whatever we've noticed that our church coffers are really low but all of our top priests and bishops are living like Kardashians and so are all their second cousins and shit so you guys got to be celibate. And even then, like, yeah, they, they would still they would still fuck. They would still have kids. It would just be illegitimate. And it was just kind of known then. It was just a way to where they couldn't have any official heirs to pass down that land, you know. And, and they've taken this, and for some fucking reason, they've just kept it for, for, for another thousand goddamn years. And they always just kind of brush it off. Oh, well, you know, I don't think it would really help. And, you know, it's not about... It's not about sex, it's about power. These It's like, well, then why are all these other uh, religious organizations, they, why do they seem to be not having the same kind of problems you guys are with these, you know, just tight network groups of people within your organization doing this on a mass level? You know, it's, it's, it, it's ridiculous. And what's the downside to letting them get married? They never say that. Like, what, what will the downside be to letting these guys get married? Oh, I don't know. It's not what we do when we wear the funny hats and chant. You know, like, would, I, I don't understand their fucking, the downside to that shit. But then again, I'm not religious, so I don't understand most of their nonsense. Yeah, same. Um, but I will, so I, I, I don't know anything about any religion. I think we've talked about this before where, I don't understand the difference between Catholicism, Christianity, um, Southern Baptists. Uh, yeah, I don't know a lot of the nitty gritty. I know Catholics got more hats and chanting and shit. Yeah. A lot of that Alfred Hitchcock music. 
Well, it's because I now can Southern do Southern Baptists have priests? Oh, they must. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I do know something. Uh, my roommate in college, his dad was a Southern Baptist minister, and he was obviously married and had a kid that became my roommate. So. That's a minister. That's not a priest. Southern Baptists have ministers. Now, they can get married and fuck, and yet in another article I sent you, a Chronicle Investigation, the Houston Chronicle, a disturbing number of Southern Baptists over the past 20 years with formal church roles have engaged in sexual misconduct. Over 100 youth pastors are now convicted or charged in sex crimes, and uh, these same more than 100 former Southern Baptists described as youth pastors or youth ministers are now in prison, are registered as sex offenders, or charged with sex crimes. So <laughs> it's it's not just the Catholic Church. Well, there's, yeah. There's something about—like it's like you say, it's a position of power, but so so Baptists can get married, and yet here they are— fucking kids again it's something with religion and fucking kids yeah this is pretty wild man but then again it's it's you see that with with lots of power look at uh i mean if you if you are good enough at selling subway sandwiches subway will let you get away with fucking kids for 25 <laughs> years man that's just you know that's the, that's the way organizations are it really is well let's shift gears let's talk about fucking of another kind um Holy shitballs, I'm always a week late on whatever the popular hip trend thing is, so I only discovered Abducted in Plain Sight two days ago, but apparently I'm the last one aboard that uh, that train. Holy ball sacks, that was insane. Um, listeners, if you are not familiar, Abducted in Plain Sight is a documentary on Netflix. It involves the brainwashing of a 12-year-old girl. Um, the guy made her believe in UFOs and that she had to do what he said and act in a certain way or if the or the aliens would destroy yeah, her and Yeah, actually, and real society. quick, listeners, watch, pause this podcast right now, watch that show, um, and then come back and pick up right here because if you haven't seen it, I'm going to sound like a huge fucking asshole this whole time, man. A and anyway, go ahead. Okay. Um the one thing that jumped out at me that, and this is a small, small detail, but the one thing that I could not get out of my head was, uh, hopefully listeners, you're back, you've watched it, you've taken a couple hours and now you're back in the podcast, so this is not a, a spoiler alert, nothing should be after Jake's warning. Um, they're interviewing these these people. This happened in, what, the 70s? Yeah. And so everybody now is, is you know, they're adults, uh, the, the parents of the girl that was abducted, their, their grandparents, they're like, you know, in their 70s or 80s. So you have this grandfather sitting in a chair telling his side of the story. And out of nowhere, he starts talking about how the abductor, this this guy named, uh, was it B for Bob? They called I him B. I don't remember. I, I watched it a few weeks ago. They, they all, his, his name might have been Bob, but they referred to him as B or something like that. They used his initial. Anyway, so... He talks about picking uh, the guy up from work. He's like, hey, I got to talk to you. Pick me up from work. And the guy starts venting about his wife. This is the abductor venting to the, the, the victim's parent, the victim's dad. And he starts saying, I need uh, release. You know, uh, my wife won't have sex with me. I could use some release, hey? And this grandfather talks about how he jerked the guy off in his car. Okay, that's bizarre enough. The thing that got me was the editing of the documentary wherein 
you know, you interview the wife, the husband, one of the daughters, then the girl herself, then, you know, there's, there's rotating interviews. So I don't know how long after this story of the dad jerking off the, the eventual abductor, the predator happened, but they're talking to a member of the FBI who at some point says, and I quote, he played them perfectly. I'm yeah. not really sure how getting like getting in a car with a guy and saying, hey, uh, I could use some release. You want to give me a hand job? I'm not sure how that is playing any situation perfectly, because you would think that 999 times out of a thousand, that would get you punched in the face, kicked out of the car. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I'm not jerking you off. He played it luckily. He got the one guy that is holy shit, weird, freaky, fucked up, stupid enough. I don't know, man. If you watch the deleted scenes of uh, Ocean's Eleven, uh, you can see George Clooney jerking off the head of that casino. You know what I'm saying? He got him in there. It got him in there good. Well, I'm just saying, like, how is that? that to me, I know it's a small detail, but the FBI guy saying he played them perfectly. Asking a guy to jerk you off does not see that seems like that could have thrown a huge wrench into the plan. Now, the reason the FBI says it he did, played them but perfectly, he, 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 he read him perfectly. He, he, that's, he apparently see, asking did. a guy to jerk you off in a car while you're trying to bang his daughter. That's what um, that's what they call in the sex criminal community uh, uh, going all in. Uh, he, he went all in in that hand, see, and uh, it, it, it turned out to be a winner. Well, it did because obviously. He, he played it right. What happens is he fucks the wife. He gets the guy to give him a hand job. And later, after he abducts their daughter, he hits them with blackmail, which is either don't press charges or I'm going public with the fact that I fucked her and you gave me a hand job. And they were both too embarrassed to right. press charges. So they signed affidavits saying, oh, she went with him willingly. So the FBI guy, in retrospect, is right. He did play the situation perfectly but what a fucking tightrope that i mean how do you what kind of special psychic skills do you have that make you go you know what this could either get my ass kicked or maybe he will jerk me off because anybody else but that one guy he's not getting a hand job he's getting kicked out of the car in the least you know we, we we can't all choose our talents in life you know what i'm saying some people great golfers other people, uh, great orators. This guy's the David Copperfield of sex criminals. You know what I'm saying? He uh, he just kind of worms his way in and gets whatever the fuck he wants. That uh, was it was it was crazy, man. Well, and that leads to my favorite part of the documentary, where his brother is interviewed, the the predator's brother, and he says flat out, "Oh, he was a pedophile." And then a little while later in the documentary, he talks about hiring him as a used car salesman and then praises him, saying that he sold more cars than anybody that he was. It's like, well, if you can convince a guy to give you a hand job on your lunch break, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can put someone behind the wheel of a used car. I think you have good salesmanship skills. So it's funny how his brother, oh, yeah, my, my brother's. Not only did he a, get commissions, but he got hand jobs from a quarter of his clients, man. A quarter and, of the people he sold cars to, he got a hand job from in the backseat. I'm just saying that what you, you, you have to fault the, the, the brother being interviewed for being an asshole, uh, but 
he knows a salesman when he sees him. He's like, well, my brother's a pedophile, but he can close the deal, so I got to hire him. I got I got inventory I to move. both my little brother's backs in most things. That being said, uh, kid fucking is not one of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would not <laughs> hire them as a car salesman. If he was this whole thing, it's like, well, he is family, and he's a damn good salesman. <laughs> I guess I'm going to bring him back to work. Just got to move the lot uh, 200 feet away from a school or a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> But um, did you have any moments that jump out at you? I mean, because it's one of those stories where if it wasn't real, nobody could write it. Nobody could write this as a movie. Honestly, because dude, the whole family disgusted me so much that I, I actually found myself being on the pedophile side about halfway through. I'm not going to lie, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these people were fucking idiots. I'm like, what are, what are, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to quote my girlfriend on this one because this, this, she gets all the credit for this. Um Abduct my daughter once and take her to Mexico for two weeks. Shame on you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, abduct her any more times than that. That's on me, and I am the world's worst parents. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? So for one thing, fuck them. They're dumb. And then also, I found it very distasteful that they're, I don't know, man, they're, they're all whoring themselves out selling books about this, this event. And yes, I'm just that- like, what are you? What are you exactly. doing? Exactly. And I did think it was weird. So the, the the daughter who was brainwashed by this guy, it's like, yeah, I absolutely feel horrible for that girl. You know, like her parents were awful people. This pedophile, of course, was an awful person. Um, this girl felt horrible for her. I felt it weird throughout the documentary. You know what I mean? It was just a small thing I noticed. I'm like, you know, this, um, this child molestation victim, they really... They really dolled her up, and they have a lot of makeup on her now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, what? Who's? It's just an odd. It's an odd choice for a producer to go like, all right, she's what a um, rape victim. She was raped for four years while she was a uh, young teenager. Let's um, let's get the lighting and the makeup right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, no, have it be a more sad, somber interview. Like, like you know, maybe make it a little more casual. It was just sort of. It was weird how dolled up they made her. You know, I remember thinking, like, this kind of seems weird. She's way too bright and punchy about this whole fucking, like, all right, whatever. And then you get to the end, and she's doing all these book tours about it. And I'm like, dude, you guys are basically the Kardashians of pedophilia. What the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) Like, this is her (laughs) Ray J sex tape. Oh, here's the exclusive about me getting fucked when I was 12 by a guy who made me think he was an alien. You know, like, what do you know? This is... This is gross. This is disgusting. I'm not saying don't tell your story, but this part where you're, okay, I, 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 I'm going to be dressed to the nines. I'm going to sell some shit. I'm going to sell, 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 sell. Like, what do you, have you people no shame? Like, why do you, why'd you make this documentary? Why'd you write all the books? Why are you, why are you dolled up doing fucking uh, interviews and tours and all this shit? I, I'm like, this is, it's just gross. Well, to me, I, I'm, oh, I'm shit. with you. My recorder may have just stopped. Uh, as long as it just stopped uh, and we got see. all that, can you see where you were? Oh, no, it was it was recording the whole time. We're good. Okay, good. Um, I agree with you 100% because the only feeling I had watching the documentary as it got worse and worse, and when I say worse and worse, I mean just more crazy and crazier, and like you said, fool me once, shame on you, fool me multiple times, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Um, to me, the book signing at the end, the, the talking about the book tour— that explained everything because the entire time I'm thinking, who tells this story? What the fuck are they doing making this documentary? This is insane. This is shit you bury 
and you say, wow, no, that's crazy. That never happened to me. And then to finally reveal, then to reveal that they, they already did it. They already wrote the books, you know, years ago and they just want renewed attention. Like someone found the book and said, Hey, we'll put this on Netflix. And they said, Oh sure. How much? Like, that to me was the, the book explained everything. The fact that they'd already told the story. Here's so you talk about uh, feeling no sympathy for the, for the family. To me, the, the surprises kept on coming. Uh, not like you know twists and turns like an M Night Shyamalan movie, but the like of course surprises like where it can't get any worse and but it does. So it it just has to jump out at you that. This guy fucks the wife, gets a hand job from the husband, abducts the daughter, goes through all this shit, and then the wife fucks him again after multiple kidnappings. After he took she she goes to Colorado where he's working at a family fun center, which no red flags there. But like the the way the grandmother talks about being a mom back then and saying, you know, he just flattered me and he'd tell me how beautiful I was and I'm very ashamed. Yeah, the whole but thing I had, sort like, of seemed like that movie, The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman, if some of the, the, the gender roles were reversed and it was a real-life darker version of that. Exactly. I, I, in line with her going to, uh, I think it was Colorado, I, I don't remember, but she wanted to visit him and I remember there was a quote where the mom said, I put her on an airplane because she said to me, I need to go live with him in his motorhome, and it, or the guy says, if you don't let her come to me, she's going to hitchhike down here, and that could get her in trouble. And so the mom puts the daughter on an airplane. He does like the. She parents, was like, I can't have her hitchhike. What if she no. gets picked up by a pedophile? I got to exactly. ship her Federal Express to a, pe- a pedophile. And, I mean, the whole thing is you better. Get her down here or she's going to hitchhike. Well, then let her fucking hitchhike. Lock her in. Don't make it easier for her. Why would you try to make... You say, okay, well, if hitchhiking is going... It has to be, then it has to be hitchhiking because I am sure as fuck not helping her get to you. It's, it's so... These people are the worst people in well, the world. Well, she said, listen, Mom, I know you don't want me to send me. I know you don't want me to go down there, but just buy me this plane ticket there might be a book deal in it someday. We're, we're going to be on Netflix. I know it's the 70s, and you don't know what Netflix is. I, I'm a time traveler. <laughs> I, I am the Kardashians of pedophilia. I, I will I will get us rich. I will get us famous. We're not going to be famous for anything honorable. Kind of the opposite of that. But w- there's, there's books. There's books. There's Netflix movies. It's going to be amazing. It will be amazing. Well, speaking of rich, let's close out with one more story. Uh, this to me is Sangria, stop barking. This to me is almost as insane as abducted in plain sight. It's just so anybody that pays any attention to football knows that Tom Brady could be, should be the world's highest paid athlete, especially in at least the highest paid NFL player. But he's not. Sure, he never is. Tom Brady. Always. And he got made fun of in the press for this. I remember years ago, he signed a a structured deal that everyone said, why is he taking so little money? He could sock it to Robert Kraft for everything. But Brady always said, I want them to be able to build a team around me. I'm already rich. That's awesome. And whenever someone takes a contract like Aaron Rodgers, and I love the Packers, he becomes the highest paid quarterback. I'm like, what is left for the others? Well, Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys, explained he will not sign a Tom Brady-like contract because his wife is a supermodel. She earns, uh, you know, $18 million a year. 
I'm the sole breadwinner in my house, so I have to sign a big contract. Uh, Tom Brady uh, earns, he got paid $15 million last season. You're telling me you need to sign a bigger than $15 million a year contract because you don't have a wife that makes $17 million? What fucking bullshit logic is that? I actively hope the Cowboys don't even make it to the playoffs as long as Dak Prescott is. If he, when he signs his next contract, if he socks it to them and says, no, I deserve all thing, the money. Man. He, he wants to be making more than his wife. He's, uh, it's, it's an ego thing. He's like, listen, if she, I, I need to be making $20 million because I believe that a woman's place is in the kitchen making only like $16, 17000000 million. Well, the men, <laughs> the men are out there making $20, 21000000 million. Exactly. I, I just, it, it boggles the mind. $15 million isn't enough. You need a wife that makes 15 also so you can live comfortably. I, I no, can't No, that's say- an ego thing, dude. That's not about, he said he's a sole breadwinner and she makes that much. He, this is an ego thing. He wants to make more than this. If it's not about, yeah, they could, they could comfortably live on, he could, he could quit football tomorrow if she's making $15 million a year. And I, I, I think they'd manage. I think if, as long as he cut out a few coupons, you know what I'm saying? He, 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 he checked the sales at Walmart. I think he could make it on fifteen on, on her fifteen million a year alone. I, I know. No, no. That's Brady got fifteen million. Brady, Gazelle yeah. got seventeen million. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. I wait, mean, how much? I thought. Wait, how much does wife make? She made seventeen. Tom Brady okay. made fifteen. I'm saying. Dak Prescott could sign a, cor- a, a contract for $15 million and be just fine, but he refuses because he says he has to pay all the bills. He doesn't have a wife that makes—he said that the reason Tom Brady can sign $15 million a year contracts is because his wife is making $17 million, uh, so their family is covered. I, okay, I'm confused. Yeah, so he is saying I, that I, he I, is okay, the breadwinner. I, I thought you were saying that this Prescott guy had a, had a supermodel wife who was making 15 a year. No, 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 no. Tom okay. Brady made $15 million and Dak refuses to sign a $15 million contract because he doesn't have a supermodel wife right. making $17 million. He is the sole breadwinner, so he needs to sign the biggest contract possible Yeah. because $15 million a year isn't enough to live on. And, and so that's why I say I hope the Cowboys never win a Super Bowl if Dak Prescott signs a fuck-you-rest-of-the-players-on-the-Cowboys uh, contract then I hope they never win a Super Bowl because that's one thing. I, people talk about fucking Brady won again, fucking Patriots. Yeah, because Brady goes into it to win. He doesn't go into it with the ego of, apparently, according to this, he wasn't even one of the top 20 highest paid quarterbacks last season. Tom Brady yeah. made less than 20 other quarterbacks in the league. Oh, wow. I didn't and know he has six rings. He wins Super Bowls because he says, build a team around me so the team can win and the Patriots win and everybody that gets pissed. And then, yeah. and again, I'll use an, I'll use the same example. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love the Packers. I live and die with them. I get so frustrated when they lose, but he took all the money. He could have said, you know what? Right. I could take a little less money and build a team around me, acquire some other players but he didn't. And if the Packers don't win, they have to look at that as a reason. If they, it, you know, they, they always try and draft young and build up rookies. And that's, you know, a flash in the pan. You got to be able to get players that you know are proven. I just think yeah, it's just silly. take a humble 15 million a year. I think exactly. You, uh, I think uh, it, yeah, maybe again, like you say, maybe cut some coupons. You can get by in your 15 million deck. 
All right. I think that's all I have. Uh, Jake, you got anything you want to talk about? I, I, no, no, one no. I'm more. good with that, man. All right. Uh, there's one more thing I thought was amusing, yeah. but I don't have much on it. Uh, 23andMe, everybody gets their genetic testing done, and 23andMe just uh, <laughs> announced that they're selling everyone's DNA to a pharmaceutical company, and there are some people that are actually angry and saying, how dare you? And it's like, you didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't see it coming. <laughs> like it's, it's like when you sign up for Facebook and they sell your data. Yeah, that's what they do. They collected your DNA. They're selling it. Facebook collects your data. They're selling it. Stop being outraged. You're, nothing is private anymore. Well, you know, I would expect that. But, dude, I got a 23andMe, like, early on. And I was walking down the street yesterday. I ran into my own clone. I was like, what the fuck is this, man? They cloned me <laughs> in a lab? Well, get the fuck out of here, 23andMe, me. This is bullshit. And he's like, no, I'm the 23andU, you. And uh, uh, the 23andMe, you. And, and he, he had a copy of the contract that I saw, all the clones, they, they keep copies of the contract just in case they run into their their real selves. They can shove it in their face and be like, fuck you. This was on the 37 pages of digital print that you just hit accept on. And now now I'm here. I'm your evil docker, doppelganger, and um, I'm coming for you. When the uh, when, when the 23andMe uh, signal is given, the, the, the clones will rise up and, and take over humanity. Evil doppelganger. Did it have a goatee? Mm. No, but uh, it, it took care of itself more. It was definitely in better shape than me, you know. A uh, lot <laughs> less carbs, a lot less drinking, that kind of thing. It uh, And 23andMe, they didn't even give me that much information about where my families came from. All they did is they sent me back a picture of Steve Buscemi and a, an empty 40-ounce bottle. I was like, what the fuck is this, man? That's I could have told you this. That's It's, it's bullshit. All right. One, one last thing. Listeners, if there's one thing Jake and I have never done, it's to ask you for your thoughts and prayers. That said, I'm about to ask you to send warm vibes my way, to pray for me, to cross your fingers for me, because I just remembered as we were about to sign off, um, Jake, I got contacted recently about a gig, and it's, it's not, do you want this gig? It's do you want to be considered for this gig? And sure. listeners, everyone cross your fingers. I absolutely said, yes, consider me for this gig. I want this gig so badly. Um, I am up for a gig where I will officiate. They're looking for a comedian because they want some humor in this. They want me to officiate a prison wedding. A woman is going to prison to get married to an inmate, and they want a comedian to go to the prison and uh, That's awesome. marry— I, I want this so badly. I said, please, please, please consider me. So I don't know what the answer will be, but uh, if, if you're hearing this and it hasn't been decided yet, please uh, wish me luck in getting to be <laughs> the officiant at a prison wedding. I now I- pronounce you Mrs. Inmate 367-458. Exactly. I don't know what kind of comedy I would get out of it. I don't know what would, maybe none, but it's a story. I, I got to do it just to do it. So there you go. JakeVevra.com, NathanTimmel.com. I went to this guy's bachelor party here in prison, and boy, is my asshole killing me. (laughs) Exactly. It's one of those things where I'm not sure what will be too far when it comes to the prison jokes, but uh, when I get shanked, I'll know I went too far. 
All right, jakevevera.com, nathantimmel.com. Say nice things about us. Spread the word. Share the podcast. Tell your friends to listen. If you hate us, tell your enemies to listen. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Later. Later.